my brothers and my sisters it is brother solis live with another episode of coffee and the truth and i got my bro from once before mr halls in the building hello my friends and we want to bring y'all a very familiar topic in the bible that we often pass up but it's very beneficial for us to sit down and really ask ourselves this question in this walk with god we encounter some things we encounter highs and we encounter lows but in these highs and these lows there's always something beneficial for our spirit something beneficial for the kingdom, something beneficial, even for others, as we go through these things. I was discussing with Brother Hall, and he brought up a verse, a verse that really, like I said, it's very, it's popular. Heard it preached before. I heard a really great message from a, a preacher, Brother Fisher, I believe it was, uh, that preached it, and it was just amazing. But Brother Hall had shared it again, and this is how I know it was the Lord pretty much in the same vein. And so without further ado, Brother Hall, share me this verse, please. John chapter 1, and it's verses 35 through 39. I'm reading in the King James Version. Starts off by saying, Again, the next day after John stood, and two of his disciples, and, Je- and looking upon Jesus, he walked, He saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? Another translation actually says, What are you looking for? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? They're asking where he's sleeping, where he's going to. And then he saith unto them, unto them, this is Jesus speaking, come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. When I was preparing this, two people came to my mind from the Bible. There was Hezekiah. Hezekiah, we know, is a, is a righteous king. That's one of the few righteous kings in the Bible. And there was a moment that Hezekiah was about to die, and he prays. He prays to God to remember the good deeds that he's done and, and that he's done for the Lord, to remember him for the good he's done. And, and then you have Isaiah walks away but walks back because the Lord speaks to him and says that he's going to add 15 years to his life. Right after this moment happens, we have Hezekiah go and do something so foolish. Uh, Just like I'm sure many of us have probably done worse things, but right after he's told this, he goes and he allows a ruler of Babylon to come into his house, not just to come into Israel, come into his house and shows him everything, shows him everything that's inside of his house. That there was not anything hid. There wasn't anything that was uh, that he didn't know about, or that he didn't find, uh, that he didn't look 
that he didn't look at. And, and Isaiah comes up to him and says, because you've done this, all of these things that you've showed him are going to go into Babylon one day, that they're going to be taken and put into Babylon. So we also, the other person that I had come to me was Solomon. God asked Solomon, what do you need? What, ask me anything and I'll give it to you. And Solomon asked and says that he wants wisdom and knowledge to be able to guide the people. And it said there was not a wiser man than Solomon. There wasn't anybody else in the world that has ever had the wisdom that Solomon had. But when he came to the end of his life, he said it didn't amount to anything. It was all vanity. It didn't mean anything because what it led to is it led to me losing out with my relationship with God. And the reason why I bring these things up is we always are looking for something. Whether, you know, if it's, if it's a, if I'm looking for a job, I'm trying to look for something that's going to give me more of a paycheck to be able to provide for myself or a family. So we're always looking for things. And in our relationship with God, what are we looking for? Who are we looking for God to be? Some of us look for God to be a quick fix. You know, there's many quick fixes that we can find out here in this world. And if you're, if that's what you're wanting God to be for you, that's what he'll be for you. He'll be just a quick fix. If it's like, oh, well, you know, I just got to get my fix on Sunday and then I, I live, I live like the world all the rest of the week. But then when it comes to Sunday, I need another I need uh, the brothers to pray for me again, or I need to get prayer again, and then I'll, you know, I'll I'll shout and everything, and then as soon as I leave, I allow the enemy back into my house and to just have his way with me until the next week, and then, or some people they only uh, they only go to church maybe twice a year, you know, and that's what they live off of for the rest of the time, and if that's what you're wanting God to be, He'll be that for you. That's a that's the amazing thing about our God, is with how powerful He is, with how uh, with everything that our God is. Whatever you're wanting him to be, that's what he'll become for you. But the reason that I'm asking this is ask yourself this question. What are you looking for? What are you trying to get out of this walk with God? Are you, if you need him to be a healer or whatever it is, he'll be. When I was first coming to the Lord, I started going to church when I was about seven years old. And, you know, I'm a kid and kind of don't really get much choice when you're, go in places, uh, the dad says go, and then that's what you do. But once I started getting older uh, to where, you know, I was kind of allowed a little, a little more to make decisions, I started going to church because there were some girls that I liked there, and that's why I decided to keep going. All going for the ladies. All going for the ladies. And, and my dad, he even knew that. And, my, and one of the main things that my dad always told me is he said, just keep coming. He didn't care why I was coming, but just keep coming to church. Because he knew that if I was coming to the house of God and coming into his presence, that even though I'm coming for my own ulterior motive, God has a way of changing those he'll things. He'll get a hold of that heart. Yeah, <laughs> he'll get a hold of it real quick. So I was going, and uh, and what started happening was, you know, I was, I was looking for relationships, and I actually came to a point where I just became tired with it. It was... It was all this drama. I date this one person for a couple of weeks and they don't like me no more. And then I date another first couple of weeks and they don't like me no more. It's like they, you know, and it's just, it was, I was getting sick of it. And I finally decided, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this one girl this one more chance. She'll, I think she'll be different. And the relationship ended badly. 
and uh, after after it ended, it kind of got worse. And and I remember thinking to myself, "All right, I'm I'm done with all of this. I need God. I need." I'm, I even told my mom, "I'm gonna be filled with the Holy Ghost on Sunday. Like I'm I'm not gonna leave there the same because I'm I'm now I'm looking for the Lord." So when we have, and that's what happened, praise God. I had my, uh, my Holy Ghost birthday, April 3rd. Praise so, God, all right. Uh, I, was, I was filled with the Holy Ghost in 2011, so it's 2023 now. That's 12 years, and I'm, I never looked back. I may, have, I may not have always batted 1,000 or 100, but I've, I've made up my mind since then that I would never look back. And, and if you're searching for these things, I want to let you know, if you're, if you're looking for a dad, or, or whatever these temporary things are, right? whether it's healing, a new job. If that's what you're looking for, it's not bad that you're trying to look for something or that you're searching for something because you're wanting something real. You're wanting something that, that can change your current situation, and that's awesome. But what you need to do is that needs to transition from something temporary or temporal, which is in this world, anything that's in this world is going to pass away. It says that all of all of the things that are here, it's it's going to end up going away and it's going to pass away. It's going to burn. It's all of that. All of that's going to happen eventually. It's not going to be here. It needs to transit. You need to transition from something that's going to not just going to last 10 years or 20 years or however long, but you need to transition to something that's eternal, which is our Lord. Yeah, you may be searching for, it may seem like a quick fix at the time, or it may even be like myself, searching for the ladies at the time. But it needs to transition from that to now. You're just like the disciples saying, Lord, where, where are you dwelling? Where are you going to? Where are you sleeping at? That's where I want to be. And then he'll let you know, come and see. Come and follow me. I'm going to have to piggyback off that that. It's true, brother. All, whatever you're looking for in God, that's what you'll find. I know we often talk about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and but we can never forget that these people were educated people in the Word of God, educated in prophecy, educated in the law. So these weren't just people who assumed that God was going to be something. They actually knew the Word and just failed to realize it. Why? Because they were searching for something other. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And so it is very essential for us to learn from these individuals. I know we want to bash them and talk about them and, call, you know, we're going to call somebody that we have a disagreement with in the church, a Pharisee, oh, they're just this. But we we have to learn from these people. That is yes. what the Bible is. So these people that I'm talking about here were also uh, um, not all of them. Were not everybody was a, a Pharisee or a Sadducee. Some of them were just typical Jews who did not believe and that Jesus Christ was was the Messiah. Exactly. And so we have people who did. We have a woman that was a, a Samaritan, you know, a dog to these individuals, a heathen. You lost out with God. And here this woman is who gets the revelation of the Messiah, what she had been looking for, what they had been looking for. And that's what I love about that testimony so much is Jesus would tell her, I am he. Don't forget, this woman was searching for something. Five husbands, that tells me off the back that she was searching for something. Yes. If you really dig in, in deep into that, most times a woman is, 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 with those types of 
backgrounds or testimonies, they had father issues, their mm-hmm. daddy daddy issues. And so she was really searching for something within her heart that she can feel loved by. And so whenever she encounters the Messiah and whenever he tells her, I am he, he was not telling her to give her this great revelation of, uh, hey, I'm giving you something that your Jews don't got. What he hit her is right in her heart. Your search in and everything that you've been looking for your whole life is standing right here in front of you. You know, something, something awesome real quick that's amazing is you brought that up. He even said, if you drink of these waters, you're going to thirst again. Yep. But if you drink of the water that I give you, you'll never be thirsty. So what, did, what, what was she thirsting for? She was dying, dying of love. And it's awesome because I read this encounter. I read this testimony. I don't, I don't see him laying his hands on her. I don't see him hailing her physically or however. No. But he did. Yes. Because she would go back to her town and she would tell everybody about them. A great revival happened in the city because a woman who had been searching for something. But if you read before, the most amazing thing about this is that he tells his disciples, I must need to go through Samaria. Why? Because there is somebody that's been searching. And if you are genuine, and you're searching for God, he's not going to allow a thirsty person who wants to drink from this well just be a beggar. Mm-hmm. There's a woman, a Canaanite woman. What does she need? I need somebody to change my daughter's life. If you're out there and you're listening, you got some lost loved ones. I mean, it seems like their minds twisted. Their, their actions are twisted. Their desires are twisted. This daughter was vexed with a spirit and she would come and she will approach Jesus and she kept and she was persistent about her searching. That's what, that, remember the Bible says he awards uh, those who digitally seek him. Yes. So those who are really about that searching, and that's what she was. And so she will approach Jesus, and, and she would get rejected by the disciples, and she would get rejected. Off the back, she was rejected because of her background. Yes. But she didn't let her background stop her. She said, I'm a search. And you know what? Church might have not been your thing. Maybe, maybe you have been hurt by somebody in the church or maybe somebody in your church right now is offending you to the point that you just want to give up. But you got to let your searching be greater than what they're saying because these are his close disciples that rejected her. And then she will go again and they'll say, Lord, do something with this woman. Paraphrasing here. Yes. She's bothering us. And then, of course, we get it where it says it's not me to give the uh, the, the bread for the, the children and give it to the dogs. And now that's whenever she steps in and says, hold on. I understand who I am, and I understand that I'm not even worthy to stand in your presence. But even the dogs got to eat from your crumbs. And then he would he would sit there and see this such as great faith. Why? Because I'm not going nowhere because I know who you are. Yes. And, and and that's something that we need to get this day and age, especially with every, all, everything that's going on in the world and societies. There's something within us that needs to say, regardless of what happens to me or what is said to me by church folks or by Christians or whatever, it does not matter because I know who my God is. Yes. And my searching, all I can find is, or all I've been looking for can only be found in him, him. regardless of what these, these are saying because there's a shaking 
right now, if you have not noticed, there's a shaking within the body of uh, an, 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 a great shaking. And what it is, is this shaking off some dead weight within us. And yes. God is really trying to reveal to us what really matters. And that's him. And that's what I love about this woman. Even though she was name called, even though she was rejected, even though the Lord said that she was said, yes, I understand who I am. But you're my answer. I understand as long as I stand in your presence and I continue seeking, I shall not be. And her, her daughter was made whole because there was a mama. And that's why, um, you know, just a little, little side preaching note there. That's why I, we always say intercessory prayer. I believe in intercessory worship because she worshiped the Lord in there. And yeah. it was for her daughter. You know, yeah. she was there to see. But she was there looking for something. That's what I love about this God. One of the other things, you know, I often say this is what I love. There's so many things I love about this God. But, I mean, one of the greatest things, especially for a new convert, a new believer, somebody who just barely grabbed this. One thing I love about this Jesus is he's not scared of your past. Yes, he's not. He's not threatened by your scars. He's not threatened by the hurt. He's not threatened by the name calling, the shame, the guilt, whatever has been trying to been thrown on you by society, society, even those who are supposed to love you and take care of you. He's not scared of those things. In fact, he wants to embrace those things, but he's not going to force himself on those things. It's kind of like a child. If a child gets cut, I cannot just grab alcohol and throw it on them. What's going to happen? They're going to cry even more. It's going to hurt. But if... I get ready for it. It's like the doctor, whenever he's about to, the, he just doesn't grab a, a shot and just hits you in the arm, right, Brother Hall? Yeah. He prepares you and he lets you know, okay, I'm just, you're going to feel a little sting. He's preparing you. But this is what the Lord wants to do. He wants to come in. He wants to help you. But we got to allow him because guarantee you that doctor would not poke you with that needle if you tell him no. Exactly. Be because why? You got to allow him. And the same thing with this Jesus, you got to allow him in. I remember when I came to the Lord, I was a 24-year-old man um, with just a, 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 a ugly background. My background was not the perfect background. It wasn't the worst background or whatever. But I know that one thing when I came to this God, I really appreciate my mother, my dad, my sister Rachel. I really appreciate them for how much they upheld this Jesus. Like they, they really let me know that this, this is what you've been looking for. And so whenever I got a hold of this, I found it. And one thing I remember when I got baptized in that wonderful name, um, I walked down from the baptistry, man, and it felt like I was I was walking on air. Why? Because I found identity. That is that's the most important thing for you as a Christian is to find your God given identity, not the identity that the world has given you. Not the identity that your parents even give you, but find the identity that God has given you. I was talking with Brother Hall, and he brought up about how Simon and Peter, there was a, there was a, a, a Simon was an earthly, earthly by mom and dad yes. identity, but God would give him another identity, and that which is being translated into rock. He would call him the stone or however you want to look at it. But there was a God-given identity, and it's essential for us because that's what's something that I was searching for. I walked around most of my life trying to be chorn, trying to be this rapper, trying to be this facade that I could not be who I truly was. And whenever I embraced this wonderful Jesus Christ, I was able to take off that facade and take off that mask and finally embrace myself as Jonathan. Mm -hmm. I can walk this earth and being who God created me to be. And another one of those things that I was, I mean, it was so much that I was really looking for God and was the peace. And I love what Jesus says in 
John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the road giveth. Remember, I, I was I smoked marijuana, I drank, I fornicated, I did stupid things and thinking that this is what was going to bring me peace and this is what going to bring me satisfaction. And I love how he would say, my peace I give unto you, not as the road gives it, I give it unto you. Let your heart, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And then the NLT reads, I'm leaving you with a gift. And I love how that was, it was translated with that because that's what it is. It's a God-given gift, and it's just waiting for you. It is waiting for you at that altar. It is waiting for you at that prayer meeting. It is waiting for you in that word. And sorry, I, I, I jumped off of it. Sorry. It says, I'm leaving you with the gift, peace of mind and heart. So not only is it going to be inside of my mind, but it's going to be inside of my heart, this peace. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and afraid. Because if they can't give it, that means that they don't even own it. And if they exactly. don't own it, they can't take it. They cannot repossess the devil, depression, anxiety, whatever the case is, cannot repossess your peace. Why? Because they don't even own it. They can, you can only repost something you own. And if you don't own this, then you can't take it from me, but I can give it to you. Yes. So we got to be cautious of holding on to this gift with our dear lives and saying, you know what? I, I remember those long nights that I was searching and I couldn't find it. And when I find it and I'm not finna just let something come and snatch it from me, I'm going to fight with everything I got because this is peace that you did not give. So you are not finna take it. This is mine, and God has given it to me. And the only person that can take it is the Lord. In fact, the Bible says he's the one that giveth, and he's the one that taketh away. Yes. So only he can do that. Don't allow your past. I, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and uh, man, man's, you know, God's going to do the work in his life, and I believe it. And I told him, do not let your past define something that God already refined. God done, done, done clean that up. Don't let that stuff take away what, whatever it is. And, oh, I just, I just really, really love this, this Christ. But whatever you're looking for in him, you can, it can be found. In fact, throughout Psalms, you'll find refuge, refuge, refuge. And if you study the law and, and, and things of that nephew, you'll find out what the city of refuge was, a city that they will go run. If there was an accidental murder, they'll go and they, they can hide. So now I'm running from things that that happened some things accidentally in my life and they're chasing me down and they're trying to kill me but now I can go to this city and I can go to this God that would forget my past and he would just let me find rest and he would let me find whatever it is that I'm looking for in fact in Isaiah 41 and 8 the Bible lets us know that God viewed Abraham as a friend so if you're you're seeking somebody that that you need to sit down with and you just want to talk with you can find that in this God this is what I love about him that he's not just one thing he's multiple things yes we know he's the mediator we know that he's the redeemer we know that he's a forgiver he's the door he's the way maker he's the the miracle of the healer uh, so our defender and he's also a devil plan destroyer yes, yes he will destroy the devil's plans for you people and um just just really trust in this god i'm that's the best thing i can tell anybody in this is i 
I said it and I'll say it again. Don't trust the process. Trust the God in the process because that's the only thing that's going to get you through it. The process is not going to get you through it. The God is going to get you through the process. Yes. If you look at the 10 plagues of, uh, the, of Egypt, that was a process. And the deal is, is that they kept looking at the process. But if you would have looked at the God, you would have looked at the progress. Yes. And that's what we need to do in this day and age is that we need to look at the God so we can progress, not so we can process. We need to process what he is saying so we can progress in what he's doing and yes. what he wants to do through us. So, uh, Brother Hall, do you, do you got anything else, brother? I'm going in over here, brother. You're going to have to hold <laughs> well, me what, back. <laughs> one of the things that I love, too, is in the Old Testament, when all of these different things were revealed, there's... There's these different Jehovistic names, and Jehovistic sounds like a big word, but it just means Lord. Um, that was or Yahweh. That's how they would call. That was the greatest name that they knew of God at right. that time. And they would have okay, this uh, the water was healed, and then he's like, oh, okay, Jehovah Rapha, you know, like and or, or you know, different things were revealed to them, but they only knew uh, and could call them, you know. God as that when those things were revealed, but then when a little baby, a little baby was born, and they said, "Thou shalt call his name Jesus." Jesus is the culminating name, meaning it brings everything together. <laughs> whatever you need, all right, you call on I like Jesus. That. I like that. I like and whatever that. you need, it'll be met. If it's healing, call on Jesus. He's your healer. If it's a if it's a daddy, call on Jesus. He's also the everlasting Father. It says. That his name shall be called Wonderful, uh, uh, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, like, uh, and Counselor. So that's if you need counsel, call on Jesus. He'll give you that counsel. Like whatever it is that you need, call on Him, and He'll be that for you. But you have to call on Him. That's the big thing. Is just like just like Brother Solis was saying, you can't you can't expect that He's just gonna. Oh, I'm, he sees that I'm in need. He'll he'll come to me. You have to call on him, and uh, that's that's something that we were say, uh, saying. We were messing with my wife about it, but it's true. Is they were uh, say, singing the uh, hymnal Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want, but you got to tell him. Like right. yes, yes, he knows everything, but in order for him to fix it, you have to come to him, and to be able to tell him because he's. I mean what. What's really going to happen if, if he just fixes everything for you? You're not going to appreciate it. You're not going to, there's, there's not going to be that relationship that's there. But when you come to him and then you see the need met, then you'll say, okay, I can come to him. All I got to do is come to him. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says. And I also wanted to say when Brother Solis mentioned it very shortly, but I've went through church hurt as well. I've went through where, Ministers have uh, said to me that, you know, I messed everything up and that I wouldn't have any hope of, you know, whatever I thought I was going to do for the Lord is not going to happen. I've, ha I've had that said. I've had it to where I, I thought I could trust people and, and I didn't and they hurt me. But ultimately what happened was I decided when I was filled with the Holy Ghost at 17 years old that I was never looking back. I knew that even though I went through all of this hurt, it was not Jesus that did it to me. It wasn't Jesus that said that. It wasn't Jesus that hurt me. But Jesus was the one that I went to. And that's what needs to happen. Is when you look at Jesus, are you seeing those past hurts? Is that how you look at him? 
Are you looking at the dad that hurts you? Are you looking at the preacher that hurts you? You need to put those things aside and know that Jesus was not the one that did that to you. He's the one you come to and you can get healed of that hurt, that you can lay that down. And we leave y'all with this. What are you truly searching for? So y'all already know the coffee is running low. So me and my brothers, we gots to go. We love y'all. Keep seeking. Keep searching. And you shall find.